Tonight, tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I've been puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. and glad you guys could be with me here on this Tuesday. I am back from my brother-in-law's bachelor party. It does feel like I've been gone for a while. I know I've not been gone that long. It was Thursday, Friday, then it was Monday, and uh, it does, but it does feel it feels like I've been gone for a very long time. And what I believe to be the last bachelor party of my lifetime. I think this is it. I think I am tapped out. I can't think of any other friends that I would go to a bachelor party for. I mean, may, there's got to be someone I'm just not thinking of at the moment, but I'm 34 years old. I think all my buddies are basically often married, and any new friends I would have probably aren't the single type. I Maybe probably not the type that I would go on a bachelor party for. I think I'm drawing the line at the sand. I think this is it. It was the last bachelor party I go to. Because I'm not going to be that guy that has a son, let's say, and then the son's like, hey, Dad, come on down to the, the bachelor party. We'd love to have you pop in when the, the, the kid doesn't want you there. They don't they don't want you there. It's like unless you're like a fun joke for the first hour or something. Oh, I got my, my 60-year-old, 55-year-old dad out at the bars with us. Maybe you get like an hour. It's really about it, though. And so I went. It was me, basically eight strangers and my brother-in-law. We played. We golfed. We went and did every drinking game. With the exception of bags, for some reason, bags slash cornhole, whichever you call it. I know our buddy Jake's a big fan of that. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to play that this weekend. There was no bags, no cornhole. I played a bunch of beer dye. I played this game called Ken Jam, which I never played before. That was probably the dumbest drinking game I think I've ever played in my life. So, I mean, so stupid. You get a Frisbee, you throw it off, the guy hits the Frisbee, like, tries to put it in the, in the trash can. Like, I, idiots invented that game. A five-year-old invented that game. And then they turned it into a drinking thing. But ultimately, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I had, a, I had a good time with golf and everything else, and golf's always just enough of a good time for me in general. <sighs> Couple notes: airplane seats have never been tinier. We just got to put that out there in the beginning. But going from an airline, like we went to, I flew to Denver, and then I had to drive two and a half hours to this place called Grand Lake, Colorado. The entire week, I thought I was going to Colorado Springs. It's like three hours away from Colorado Springs. I'm just a dodo bird. That's all it is. I'm just a just an idiot. And so it's Grand Lake instead. That's fine. I'm not driving. I'm not in charge. But like to go flight to then two and a half hour car ride, that's rough. That is rough. Especially when you're hanging. When you're a little hungover after drinking scotch like it was tap water, which another new thing I learned as well. For as much scotch as I drink, not enough people. Everyone in that in, in the group that I was with was they were all my age. They were all thirty four. I'm a couple years older than uh, my wife. That's why my brother-in-law and I are like the same exact age. We're born like three weeks apart. For as much scotch as I drink, and on a consistent basis, that continues to be the drink that I have. The Joe Namath line. I like my women blonde and my Johnny Walker red. Like I like Johnny Walker red. That's just that's who I am. And nobody on this trip wanted to drink any alcohol. It was a surprising development. Everyone that's now like 34 and older, everyone's drinking seltzers. Everyone's drinking uh, beer. Everyone's just hanging out. And I understand on a trip like that, you don't want to just get sloshed at 7 in the morning whenever you wake up and start drinking. Like, if you want to make it throughout the whole entire day, 
he got to ease into the day. But I assume by the time we hit the nighttime, people would then be getting after some of the hard alcohol. Not on the docket for a lot of people. That was just a, it was just a new development. Uh, we bought so much alcohol, and the only thing that got drank was me drinking the scotch. That was about it. Didn't see that coming. Ultimately, though, we had a lot of fun. Uh, missed talking to you guys. Missed talking sports with you guys. And so let's get into it. There are a couple conversations that have been dominating the day. We're going to get to all those. We had a lot of Brown stuff coming up as well, including one that did not dominate the day, but I felt like it should have. Wait to that about the 8 o'clock hour. Also getting to the latest on DeAndre Hopkins with Mike Forio and what he had to say. We'll get into that as well. But where I want to start with you guys right now is in talking about the Cavs, I felt like a lot of the discussion, although more people are now open to the idea of trading Jared Allen, I feel like I don't know that Kobe Altman is being represented 100% accurate in some of, maybe not even these discussions, because it's not like Kobe came up a bunch today. Not necessarily referencing that. I just think like bigger picture as a whole, whether that is on Twitter, whether that is callers, whether that is just the general discourse of the Cavs, I feel like Kobe Altman isn't 100% being represented the way that I feel he is in my brain. And that's why it's just something's a little bit off here. Something's, it's not clicking 100%. Because obviously there's a bigger LeBron discussion. We'll have we'll have a LeBron discussion a little bit later on. Because if you were to tell me what dominated the day most, I would probably tell you a LeBron discussion was just hanging in the air over everyone's heads. But what I want to discuss with you guys is whether or not you believe Kobe Altman has a little bit of John Dorsey in him. Has a little bit of the idea that at any given point, if you subscribe on Odyssey to 92.3 The Fan... You'll get one of those text message alerts that pops up on your screen. It's it's simple. It's easy. It goes right to the top of the screen. This is not an ad. This is just how I get my information, right? And 92.3 The Fan will give you one of these alerts, and it'll say, in breaking, big breaking news, Jared Allen, I'm not going to finish the sentence because I don't want to end up having a uh, uh, a Norson Wells type situation where you guys, someone just tunes into the car, and they're like, Jared Allen got traded to where? I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to finish it. But you'll, you would know what I'm talking about. With the, with the alerts to the top of the phone, all of a sudden you get that message, and you're like, you're flabbergasted. You are shocked among shocked. You, you can't believe what you just saw. In the John Dorsey Browns era, we had that happen, whether it was Jarvis. I'll never forget where I was when that happened. Jarvis, I was working out at the gym. That's how long ago it was. We don't, we don't, we don't do the gym anymore, guys. That's how long ago that was. I was at the gym and I thought, wow, the Browns are contenders now. The Browns are here to stay. OBJ, never forget where you were. Why do you guys won't either? Same type of story, same type of situation. Those type of big moments, they come few and far between. But Kobe Altman's got those blindsided moments in him. And I think the Donovan Mitchell deal from last year tells me I feel like we have someone that is more real and deal than we have someone that's sitting back there being very pragmatic, being very practical, maybe not being, uh, maybe being a little bit more conservative with what they do. I don't think Kobe Altman is getting enough respect when it comes to his ability to make the big move. To make that move that when you get that alert to your phone, you think to yourself, did that really just happen? Is it three in the morning? Am I daydreaming right now? To that, that really happened? I can't believe it. And then you, you get, you know, 92.3 the fan fired up, ready to go. And, and you're on Twitter and you're talking to your buddies in the text threads. And you're like, this is going to be amazing for reasons X, Y, and Z. Kobe Altman's got a bunch of that ability. And I know it because Donovan Mitchell is exhibit A. 
Last year, before the Donovan Mitchell deal went down, and I don't know if you guys remember this the same way that now I'm not necessarily I'm, I'm not going to say that not that like you guys don't don't have the ability to remember it or anything like that. It's just I do this five days a week, so these type of things are imprinted in my brain just a little bit deeper most of the time. Some of you guys are hawks when it comes to this stuff, but like I remember talking for, about Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs uh, a collective total of 15 minutes before the deal actually happened. 15 total minutes, and I'll never forget it because. It was a it was a six twenty segment, so it was, it was the six o'clock hour. Not really prime real estate for afternoon drive, you know. It's a good time. I'm not saying it's not a good time, but it's not a time uh, that you put your A stories at six twenty. And I remember coming up with the concept and the idea of talking about Donovan Mitchell, and it just kept getting pushed and it kept getting pushed, and and ultimately what ended up happening at six twenty when it got brought up. I got a couple, you know, feedback, you know, from some of the fans and some of the people tweeting, and and they were just like, listen. That is a Bikram Yoga-esque reach to be talking about Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs, okay? A guy under, almost in like a, a gentle tone, like I understand. It's a, it's a soft spot and soft time in sports, but even that one, that might be a bridge too far. A little Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs discussion. Nah, I don't know about that one, JP. So we talked it, and again, it didn't, it didn't even make it to the 640 segment. It was just like a 620 thing. That's how, that's how uninterested as a whole, I feel like and felt like people were because they thought it was so detached from reality. It was like, why even go down this road? Why even entertain that as an option? And then Kobe Altman made dreams come true. And Kobe Altman got it done. Almost as if he was just trying to slight the New York Knicks for some reason. He found a way to get the deal done. And because of that move, is why I feel like we should not be underestimating Kobe Altman in any of this. Last year at this time, right before the Donovan Mitchell deal, we kept talking about how the, the Cavs were so excited and so happy to be going with Allen and Mobley and Garland. And, and yeah, maybe, maybe we would take a little bit longer, a little bit slower of a burn in order to get the team to where they need to be. But it was a, it was a ride we were all willing to go down. And nobody thought 50 plus wins were in the cards and nobody thought if we got, if we lost in five games in the Knicks, it would be like the sky is falling. But obviously you get to change your expectations when you make a deal for Donovan Mitchell and you get rid of the draft capital that came with Donovan Mitchell. You get to change your expectations when you send, you send Colin Sexton packing and you send all these other players and marking in and, and, uh, Abaji and all these other guys, right? You get to change your expectations and change your realities. Question I have for you to start off, 216474-0092. Is Kobe working on something bigger than what people may think? And does he have another trick up his sleeve? Because right now, I'm kind of looking at him like he's Penn and Teller. I don't know, I don't know what he's going to pull off from underneath his sleeve. I don't know. Could be an ace of spades. Could be uh, an alien spaceship. Could be a submersicle. I have no idea what he's willing to pull out from underneath his sleeve. But I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what it is. I'm kind of excited to see what he's got brewing because I don't think we can live with the idea that Kobe Altman is this just laid back, eh, we'll see what comes to us type guy. I, I don't think he's the Guardians front office where they set the demands and they set the trade request and either you play by their rules or you go home. I don't think he's like Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry, although the Deshaun Watson deal got done, that was more because of Jimmy Haslam's pocketbook than it was anything that, that Andrew Barry did. Andrew Barry... All he did was make Austin Hooper a very rich man in a very stupid way. 
Like, I, 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 as far as big contracts are concerned and big deal-breaking moves, I've, I've always given Haslam that, that credit. I've not given that one to Andrew Barry because there was too much money involved and the guaranteed portion of the contract was something that Andrew Barry could offer up because of Jimmy Haslam, not because Andrew Barry did something special or, or fantastic. Now, maybe we'll find out in the upcoming years that Andrew Barry was the push behind all that, and I'll have to rewrite those statements. But as of right now, I don't think he's like Andrew Barry. I don't think he's like the Guardians front office. I really do feel like he is one of a Cleveland kind at this moment. But it's not like you have to go too far in the past to, to think of somebody that it reminds you of, and that's where John Dorsey comes into play. So let me ask you guys, is Kobe working on something bigger than what people may think or am I misreading this situation? You feel like, nah, you know, they they might talk a big game after the Donovan Mitchell deal. Ultimately, though, they're just going to stand pat. They're going to run this whole thing back, and we're not going to see an advancement one way or another. 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I'm at Jay Pittle, and your phone calls are more next right here on The Fan. Let's get to our Twitter reactions brought to you by Shotman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. We'll get right back into the Cavs and whether or not Kobe is working on something bigger than what people may think. Tom on Twitter says, you couldn't be more wrong about the bachelor party. Brought my dad and my best man's dad. Fantastic time. All right. Let's let's talk about it for a second. Listen, it was it was not a, a line that I was really going down and, and going to go crazy about, but it was part of the reason why I said that I don't think I'm ever going to go to a bachelor party again is, I, first off, I have a daughter. I don't have a son. But if we have a second kid and it happens to be a son, I'm not going to be the dad that goes to the bachelor party. I'm not. Like, that day, it's done. It's over. So uh, it's, not, it's not me. Now, there is an understanding here. Maybe Tom is right. Maybe it is. I think you just got to have a really special father-son relationship in order to make that happen. But I think, like, 98% of people don't act 100% the same in front of their family as they do in front of their friends. And I think I think in front of your friends, you might act a little bit dumber. And I think in front of your family, you might act a little bit more uptight, maybe, just a little bit. Now, at this point, my dad's passed away for about 10 years or so. So I have no idea how adult version of me would be around my dad. I mean, I was 20, 21 years old, right? 22 years old. Wow, it's been way longer than 10 years. I'm 34. <laughs> I mean, it's weird how it sneaks up on you that way. I know with my mom... I act 100% the same in all situations, but I also know that my mom is different than most mom, uh, most moms. My mom was the one taking me to horse tracks in Tijuana when I was 15, okay? Like, she's she's a different mom than most moms. I think for most people out there, though, if you, if you brought a dad into the equation, even if you have a great relationship with your dad, for the other people around you, they might not be as cool with drinking with the 65-year-old. Like they might just and just like so somebody from that that importance in, of your life. It's not necessarily an age thing, but it's a I don't want to embarrass you in front of your dad with any X Y Z story. And like the cool thing about my brother in law's bachelor party was that I was just telling this to Nick Wilson before we got on the show. I said one of the cool things about it is that I usually experience his you know my brother in law in light of how is he around. His sister, which is my wife, and then my in-laws, which is his mom and dad. And uh, there's just a little bit of a different version. Now, he's still himself, obviously, but like some of the stories his friends felt comfortable telling me was never a story they would ever feel comfortable telling his parents, for instance. There's just, there was enough of them, okay? 
And in turn, obviously, I'm going to honor that in good faith and good trust. And his parents are never going to hear those stories. And his sister is never going to hear those stories. And that's how it should be. You know, that's that's part of the deal. But like even there, you could tell some of the stories that they were starting to tell even crossed a line where they were like, wait, the brother-in-law's still in the room. We're good here. We're good. And I had to like kind of give him a look of like, listen, what what happens here is it's staying here. I'm not telling anybody anything in regards to uh, some of the conversations and some of the old stories that you would have about him that maybe his parents would not want to hear. It's, it's one of those deals. So, yeah, like congratulations. I'm happy, Tom. Uh, that you had your dad and your best man's dad there. That sounds great. I love that for you. I think that's like a 1% of bachelor parties that can get away with that, though. It's like a 1% of 1%. It's a very tiny amount that can get away with that. And so, like, I just, I don't know, got an awareness of that for myself. So if I had a son, I don't think I'd ever show up to the bachelor party. I, I would hope he wouldn't invite me, though. I would hope it'd be like, yeah, Dad, we're going to Vegas. We are going to do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to stay home. And I'd be like, I'll see you when you get back. Hope you have a great time. Hope you have a, a fantastic time. What's funny about that is in uh, this weekend, we didn't even do anything nefarious. It was just the stories they wanted to tell about uh, my brother-in-law that were that were highly comical. And he's a very well-educated, he's Ivy League guy. He is, uh, he's got a great Great paying job, like he does very well for himself. Very good looking guy as well. Like he's got a lot going for him, and it's just like, okay, yeah, you probably do have some stories that are probably a little wild that would never come up in the conversation elsewhere. But this is the time to bring them up. So it was great, fantastic time. All right, two one six four seven four below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at JP. The question is whether or not Kobe is working on something bigger than what people may think. What we learned this past week really in recent weeks, is the idea that with Jared Allen, doesn't seem like he's off the table. So many people were worried about the core four and whether or not it was going to get broken up. Well, if we're reading into anything, it kind of feels like it's got an opportunity to. And part of why I'm giving Kobe Altman the benefit of the doubt here, and that not just something with Jared Allen, but really anything is on the table, it's because after last year with Donovan Mitchell and how shocked I was and how shocked we all were that that happened, I don't know how you can look at it any other way. A hundred percent. Anything is on the table when it comes to Kobe Altman. And I kind of love that about Kobe Altman. He is a true GM wildcard. I'll give some more examples on that in a second. But 216-474-0092. Jacob, next on the fan. Hello, Jacob. Uh, Yeah, I just want to, okay. First of all, uh, love the show. Long time listener, first time caller. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't call in very often, but Jared Allen, uh, future Hall of Famer, in my in my opinion. What Hall of Fame is that, Jared? What, 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 what Hall of Fame is that? If there's like a, a six foot nine guys with Afro Hall of Fame, he, he might be a first ballot. But I don't know about the. You're talking about the basketball Hall of Fame? <laughs> ah, yeah. No, I'm talking about what, no the hockey Hall of Fame. What, I, mean, what I had to make sure. About? I didn't know if he was I like a know. great uh, a great curling player or something else. That, where, I, <laughs> I didn't know. What, <laughs> you know, he's the tallest Wayne Wayne Gretzky of all time. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What what other Hall of Fame would it be in? All right, t- tell yeah. me tell me how Jared Allen is making it to the Hall of Fame. I mean, have you seen his stats? Like I okay he but but as you're like your your guy that I called into he 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 mentioned like he doesn't have, he doesn't have the stats like 
um, in the playoffs, like, he, he, he didn't – okay, the whole team didn't show up in the playoffs, but, like, he – Jared Allen, throughout the season, and he, even, as, or even as a rookie, like, through his – like, has been very solid. Like, we can't afford to lose him, and we should not lose him. Like, we need to keep him because he's going to be – he's a beast. That, he, he does the dirty work. You ever heard that song? Um, I'm so tired of doing your dirty work. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. Get, sing me another line. Maybe it'll jog my memory. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I appreciated the phone call, though. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jacob. We got it? Can't swear, man. Can't swear. I loved his laugh. What an infectious laugh he had. Like, that was a great laugh. I mean, it was just a, he had that big old, I got a big old belly laugh. He had the big old belly laugh. Like that was that was great, but that was that was that was a Looney Tunes take. There's just no other way to put it. Jared Allen in the Hall of Fame. What Hall of Fame are you talking? Not the basketball Hall of Fame. Now, part of me wonders. Uh, maybe he was drinking scotch like it was tap water. I'm not sure. Part of me wonders if he was confusing Evan Mobley for Jared Allen. But I didn't want to ask him that because he's a smart. I mean, he seems like a smart guy, right? I didn't want to insult his intelligence that way. That didn't feel right. Especially since I couldn't come up with Steely Dan and Dirty Work, so like I, who am I to judge in that scenario? But he referenced his rookie year, and that's why I thought to myself, maybe he's not thinking accurately because Jared Allen's rookie year in Brooklyn was, I mean, without question, and he's a rookie. It's supposed to be your worst year in the NBA if things go right for you. And unquestionably, it was the worst statistical season of his career. Averaged eight points a game, eight points and three rebounds a game. Like uh, it was a, a big nothing burger. I like Jared Allen. It's funny, as a sports host, you're always trying to, like, balance out the idea that, uh, you know, you have different guys you defend and different guys that you don't necessarily defend. But when someone says Hall of Fame, there, there's just no other way I can go there. It's like, all right, you've, you've made up, you made the argument for me. I have to now, it's not even ripping Jared Allen. It's just saying a one-time All-Star through nine years of a career it's probably not headed to the Basketball Hall of Fame, even though I constantly make the jokes that really when you, they give you a plaque when you buy a ticket to get to the Basketball Hall of Fame. They'll put anybody up there. You, you buy the like the VIP pass for the Basketball Hall of Fame. They're like, and when would you? When do you want to slot you in for your Hall of Fame induction ceremony? Uh, we can fit you right in between. Uh, ooh, wow, who's coming up this next year? Okay, yeah, between you want you want to you want to go between Duncan? That's fine. You can go between, and you just go from there. I mean, it's just it's wild. Very easy, very low bar to clear. That's why it's laughable to me when people are like, Kevin Love is not a basketball Hall of Famer. It's like, un not unfortunately, but fortunately for Kevin, he 100% will be a basketball Hall of Famer because of his Olympic play, because of what happened at UCLA, a decorated collegiate career, and then also what has happened in the NBA. It's just a lower bar. It's, all, it's a lower bar. But Jared Allen, nowhere close to it right now. But I, I, I think that... In a larger picture sense, you're trying to speak to me and tell me that you like Jared Allen and you don't want to break up the core four. I told you guys last week, and I want to hear from you, 216-474-0092. I'm all right breaking up the core four. It's not that I have a no trade list. In my eyes, I personally still want to see Darius here next year because I think Darius's ceiling is yet to be touched, and I think he's 
I just like him. I liked him uh, when he was drafted. I liked him the day he was drafted. I, I made a big campaign for taking Darius Garland. I've always been a big Darius fan. Even though he might be made of glass, I love him. I don't want to give up on him. Darius, Evan Mobley is on my no-trade list for sure. And when it comes to Donovan, this is where I say keep an open mind. We're almost entering a Shane Bieber-esque situation with Donovan Mitchell, where you are you are already conceding the fact that he's not going to be here long-term, so you're trying to figure out when you can get the most value for him. Now, with Donovan, it's not 100% true, because if the Cavs win big this upcoming season, then I feel like Donovan can be here for a very long time. But you are playing with that. With each passing day that goes by, you're losing value off of someone like Donovan Mitchell. And as creative as I think Kobe Altman is, I don't want to take away his paintbrushes for that canvas. I'm going to let the man paint, okay? When, when, you, when you come up with these no-trade lists and you think about it, all you're doing is taking away colors that they can use on the canvas. You're taking away green, then you're taking away red, then you're taking away... I want to give him as much of a leeway and an opportunity to pull off what he did last year in trading for Donovan and replicating it in a similar manner, in whatever way he deems necessary. Whatever way he deems necessary. Because you know what? I know he's not an idiot. I have not always been able to say that about GMs in this city, or the front office of this city. Not always been able to unequivocally tell you smart, fun, loving people that the GM of your favorite sports team isn't an idiot. I know with certainty Kobe Altman's not an idiot. Kobe Altman has shown it to me time and time again. I know he knows what he's doing. I know he's smart. I know he's good at his job. And I know he's going to be able to make magic happen. This is what he does. He's always been able to deliver when the Cavs need it the most in certain positions that they've needed it as well. Now, sometimes you're backed up against a corner, and it is what it is. Sometimes you're... Listen, you can be Johnny Chan, and it doesn't matter what the cards are in certain days, right? It just, if you're not, if you don't have it, if you don't, uh, excuse me, it does matter what the cards are. If you're Johnny Chan and you're getting 2-7 every single hand, you can only do so much. Sometimes it does matter. But in regards to Kobe Altman, what he showed us last year, yeah, like if the Cavs were considering breaking up the core four, I, I want to know what that looks like to you. But I'm more interested in finding out whether or not Kobe's working on something bigger than what people may think and whether or not he's got a trick up his sleeve. Maybe Jared Allen, maybe something involving Donovan, maybe something else. 216-474-0092. Robert Parma next on the fan. Hello, Robert. Hey, what's going on, man? Good evening. Hey, what's up, um, I was just I was thinking about it. Yeah. If, you, if you think Jared Allen is good and you want to trade him because you think the Cavs can improve, well, then if you value him high, like, you're probably – going to need to trade him to like a contender you know if other teams value him high they'll want to acquire that talent i don't know what you'd get back in that case you know what i mean and if you don't think he's that good then i think again the return is low and i don't know that a team who's trying to you know rebuild is going to seek him out either so i think it'd be a positional change is the idea here right so you would trade jared allen for the for a wing exactly right exactly right and And so there's just so few that would be available though. It's kind of you know what and, I mean that are in that trade market, and it kind of reminds me of the Guardians conversation in a couple ways. And thank you, it's Robert. Exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, you, man. you got the idea, right? Like everyone, everyone with the Guardians and the Shane Bieber discussions, like, well, I want a dude that is going to hit forty home runs and starts right away. It's much tougher right now, and pitching is not at a high quality, or excuse me, at a um, high quantity. 
But starting pitching right now is much more readily available than a dude that hits 35, 40 homers in baseball. That can start right away for you. But, yes, the way the Guardians would be shaking it up, being like, all right, we can afford to have the pitching staff take a step back, but we can go ahead and swap it out for a a nice first baseman or an outfielder or something like that and figure it out from there. We want to go down that road. I think the Cavs would be trying to do the same thing. If we can get rid of the Twin Towers and we can make Jared Allen go away to another team, but we get a wing, and a wing is so valuable right now in the NBA, but if we can get a wing, all of a sudden you're shaking up the team a little bit and you're making it look different, and you're at least not just running the ball back on a team that ESPN, I saw projected power rankings earlier, said we're the 12th best team in the NBA. 216-474 to below 92 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Is Kobe working on something bigger than what people may think? And does LeBron equate into all this? We'll do that and more. We'll get into football in the 8 o'clock hour. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could all be with me here tonight. Mentioned to my boss beforehand, it takes me like a couple days to get over a hangover. It just, it just, it takes a lot longer. Had to drink a lot of water on the brother-in-law's bachelor trip to make sure that we'd be fine and we'd be all right. It did kind of help. I know drinking scotch like tap water is not the greatest thing if you want to not be hungover, but throwing a water in there every now and then, I guess I'm doing well as far as uh, eating wise, as far as taking care of myself. I say that after coming off like a four-day bender or whatever the hell it was, but like I feel, I feel like I'm doing well. But part of how I know I'm doing well is that when we have a caller call in last segment that suggests that Jared Allen is a Hall of Famer, I know instantly to, it's not, hey, it doesn't make me the world's greatest sports talk host, but I know I am not three in the morning. We did not end up passed out drunk and not knowing where we're at or what's going on. This is real life, and we're, we're able to uh, go ahead and, you know, stomp that one down in the moment. You'd be surprised, though, every now and then. I'll have, uh, I'll have dreams. I know you guys don't care about people's dreams, so I'll keep this short. But I'll have dreams where I'll, I'll be doing a sports radio show, and there'll be a caller like that, and I'll have to debate within myself whether or not this is real life or whether or not this person is just trying to troll. I'm going to give Jacob the benefit of the doubt and say that was not a troll call. That was a call that was really trying to go hard for the idea that Jared Allen is awesome. I like Jared Allen. You guys like Jared Allen. Jared Allen, at multiple points throughout the season, was on a milk cart. He wasn't there. And then in the postseason, he laid about the world's biggest egg you possibly could. You can't keep running it back with guys like that if that's the case. But it's not even the problem with Jared Allen. If they want to keep Jared Allen, it is what it is. But it doesn't sound like they want it. And right now is what I'm asking you guys at 216-474-0092. When it comes to Kobe Altman... I wonder if he's working on something bigger than what people may think, and does he have another trick up his sleeve? I think the conversations about the core four are good, and they're solid, and we should be having them. Ultimately, though, I feel like figuring out who exactly Kobe Altman is, I know he's been with the Cavs for a million years, so you think we'd have a pretty good idea at this point, but last year, the way he went and surprised everybody with that Donovan Mitchell move, at this point in his career, I feel like he's willing to take more shots than most GMs ever are in the NBA. And look at the NBA right now. It doesn't move like your dad's NBA. The game has changed. People and teams are on the move all the time. It's what makes Damian Lillard staying in Portland such an outlier for so many years. 
You know, one second Durant's in Brooklyn, the next he's in Phoenix with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker while Chris Paul is gone. And, all right, wait, what just happened? Imagine being a Phoenix Suns fan, going into a coma like six months ago and then waking up and looking at your team right now. You're like, wait, that happened? And that happened? Wait, wait, wait. Chris Paul is where now? You'd be confused. You'd be like, wait, how did we get here? Players come and go. And trying to piece together the right combinations that work, finding your clay and Steph with Draymond to make it all work takes a lot. Now, I think we all know acquiring superstars isn't easy, right? That's why when people get the chance to do it, they often do. And they figure they think that they're going to figure the rest of this whole thing out, and it often fails. Most fascinating part of the NBA to me right now is how they don't sit back and let themselves suck for years on end because they know that any place is now desirable to play for, and you, you can become a winner anywhere. Giannis made Milwaukee, a city that is basically a cheese platter with the dream of becoming a city, into a basketball place. LeBron for Cleveland, Wemby now in San Antonio. All these different spots, and San Antonio has always been a basketball place in the Greg Popovich era, but again, he's reinvigorated that whole entire place. It just doesn't matter where you play. The money gets maxed out everywhere, and the game is so global that you can make the place seem huge and be huge anywhere that, that you play. So city doesn't matter to the stars, and everyone currently is trying to build up their own super team, and you should never feel like you don't have a chance. You should never feel like you're just out of it. And for the Cavs, landing Donovan Mitchell was further proof that it's not just LeBron or Bust. So you have to be willing, though, to give up good pieces in order to get good pieces. If Jared Allen, being our fourth best player, is the piece you have to give up in order to shake this thing up, then I think you have to do it. I think you owe it to yourself as a team and owe it to you, the fans, to always be trying. That's what I always say. Just always be trying. Give me the impression that you're trying. I use this in the NFL a lot, right? In the NFL, I think there's two types of teams. I think there are teams that are trying to win the Super Bowl, and then teams that are telling you that they're trying to win the Super Bowl, and there's a difference between the two. One of them is actually trying to do it, and the other isn't. Fans are owed a shake of the snow globe to mix things up when you have a lackluster postseason. And Jared Allen, being now into the mix for these conversations, is okay by me. It's okay by me. You're not going to hear me complain in the slightest bit out of any of these scenarios because I don't believe right now that the Cavs are currently built like a team that is going to take down a lot of the heavy hitters in the Eastern Conference, and so I need to have it shaken up just a little bit. Whether that is Jarrett Allen or another move, I like the fact that Kobe Altman seems like he's got tricks up his sleeve, and he seems like at any given point we can be surprised and we can have something brand new and a whole new discussion about this Cavs team. I love that side of this of this Kobe Altman era. And I do think he's graduated into this side of the Kobe Altman era. Talk a lot about GMs, because uh, I'm fascinated by them. GMs, presidents, I'm, I'm fascinated by front office people. And I'm always trying to figure out which ones are the con men, which ones are just trying to figure out how long they can be in position and, and be in power and be in control, and which ones are actually selling out everything in order to try to be the guy that brings the championship. You know, a lot of the times I think uh, everyone's trying to be Sam Hinkie, right? Where you turn around, you're like, oh, I got to tear it all the way down to the studs in order to build it all the way back up. Or or I think they're being Chris Ballard in Indianapolis, an even better point. 
Chris Ballard in Indianapolis is going to end up at the end of Anthony Richardson's rookie contract being in charge for nine years. And if Anthony Richardson isn't good, potentially having just one postseason win in nine years, meanwhile cashing seven-figure checks the entire time, you tell me whether or not you think that's on the up and up. But I think Kobe Altman's different. Kobe's been with this team for a very long time. Kobe has accomplished enough in the NBA where he's secure enough within his own abilities where he really truly can take a swing for the fences and is not going to be looked at as anything short of, yeah, it was the right move. You know, if he is he, if he's able to pull a rabbit out of the hat and he's able to come up with something really truly different and something we haven't thought of before, what's the worst that happens? You're losing five to the Knicks again? Because I, I don't I don't believe Jared Allen on this team right now with the other core, I guess it would be called the other three, into the core four. I don't believe that one is taking you to the NBA Finals, let's say. So if I believe they're still short of that goal right there, I don't see why Kobe Altman can't go for it. And I feel like at this point, if Kobe Altman, if it flamed out, let's say he made a big-time swing and it turned out to be the wrong decision and he ends up getting fired for it, Kobe Altman will have another job in three seconds. That's where he's at in his NBA career. You couldn't say that two years ago. Two years ago, people would have said, well, yeah, you did You did right with LeBron, but you didn't really do much outside of that, and anybody could have taken this team through a rebuild and try to figure everything out and, and get them to a point where they can win 30 games. Anybody could have done that. At this point, because he went through everything with LeBron, and now because he's shown that he can, he can take a big swing for Donovan Mitchell and get another team to 50-plus wins, Kobe Altman can play a different game because he's not worried about if he gets fired, he's never having another opportunity to be a GM or team president. Right now he's sitting there saying, if I got fired, I'll have seven teams waiting for me, dialing me up, ready to go, just like that. It's a good spot. It's a great spot for Cavs fans because he really can make different moves. Which brings us to this next point. I'm sure you guys saw all day today some of the LeBron rumors, right? You know, if Bronny had chosen Ohio State, uh, we might be at DEFCON a million right now. I don't see LeBron coming back at his reality at this point. But don't mistake that idea that I would 100% welcome LeBron back right now. Uh, because I, I would. At the cost of everyone or anyone but Mobley. Let me clarify this. Not everyone. Any two out of the uh, big three not named Evan Mobley. So take your take your selection of two. You can have any two of Garland, Allen, and Mitchell, and I'll take LeBron back. I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, that's way overpaying. If they take Mitchell and Garland, that's just way overpaying. What are you possibly doing there? That would be that would be insane to pay that much for LeBron James. If I have LeBron, Jared Allen. And then I could mix it up with a couple other players and Mobley. I think that's a great foundation. As long as Mobley and LeBron were in the mix, tell me you'd complain about that. I don't think you would. I don't think you would. I don't think it's realistic. That's why we're not going to spend all day on it. But I do think it's worthy of the conversation that I want to have with you guys in the current moment about it. LeBron's about storylines. Always has been. What is the best storyline? I don't think playing in Cleveland to close it out 
I don't think that's the answer. But I do wonder if LeBron made all the movies he wanted to make. He did Space Jam. He had his television show. He, he did the entertainment world. And none of it has been really acclaimed or perceived as good. Right? Kobe makes a children's story. It wins big-time awards. Michael makes the original Space Jam. We still talk about it 30 years later, right? There's there's a difference there between the success of some of these other guys in the entertainment world and what LeBron has had. LeBron being a mediocre at-best actor is not something LeBron needs to continue to go down. We tend to like things we're good at in life, except for uh, golf and sex. That's the old joke, right? It's like, well... Hey, we can have fun at both of those. Doesn't really matter. That's like the only two things people in life can come up with. I, I honestly, to my core, believe people like things that they're good at. You like things that you are good at. But Bron, I think, knows. I think he knows he sucks as far as an actor is concerned. I think he knows he's not good at it. I think he knows Space Jam 2 was an absolute disaster. He knows the, the barbershop show that he has. Nobody talks about, nobody brings up ever, with the exception of one Tom Brady quote two years ago. Show's been on for like five years. No one talks about that show. Everything he touches in life turns to gold, with the exception of the entertainment world. And I think LeBron might be thinking to himself, okay, maybe I've had enough in Wild Wild Land. Maybe I have. Maybe I gave the, the acting thing a real run for its money. Turns out I'm not Jim Brown, who can go from athlete to actor in the blink of an eye. Turns out you need to have talent in order to do something like that. Okay, my bad. I misread the room. I don't know why LeBron would have assumed he'd be the next, like, Joe Pesci, but he's never really failed at anything in life, so you can't blame him for thinking that. But Space Jam 2 was so bad, it had to have opened his eyes that not everything he touches turns to gold. So his acting career being shot, I think, is the only sign of life this idea has. That's the only sign of life I can think of. Outside of that, I would put it to rest. I would put it at maybe, I think I said earlier, I told somebody maybe like 10%. 10%, and I'm being very generous at 10%. Everything else, it's just a fun topic to talk about on June 27th. I leave that there. The latest on DeAndre Hopkins and why it could be a bad thing for the Browns long term, they don't sign. DeAndre Hopkins. We'll do it next. It's overtime. Jonathan Pino here with you guys on the fan. 